welcome to another episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. I'm Nate Todd, and on this episode, we'll present an interview with the multi-talented mandolin player, Sierra Hull. Sierra recently discussed the art of the sit-in with Jam Bass' Andy Kahn between performances at the High Sierra Music Festival. We'll get to that interview with Sierra Hull in just a moment, right after we hear about the sponsor of this episode. This episode is sponsored by Section 119. Section 119 is a clothing and apparel company that specializes in licensed merchandise for the Grateful Dead, Fish, and other bands. Products include shirts, hoodies, shorts, and accessories featuring distinctive logos and artwork. Made by fans for fans, shop officially licensed Grateful Dead and Fishman donut apparel, including button-downs, board shorts, ties, bow ties, pocket squares, ponchos, suits, and other gear. Section 119 offers officially licensed merchandise for fans of Pink Floyd, The Beatles, Jerry Garcia, and David Bowie as well. Section 119 is also the sponsor of Jam Bass's coverage of Dead & Company's final tour. Stay up to date on what's played at each show of the final tour via the Jam Bass, Dead & Company, The Skinny Hub, where you'll find links to recaps, setlist breakdowns, statistical analysis, live videos, and much more. Visit Section 119 at section119.com. That's S-E-C-T-I-O-N-119.com. And sign up to receive 10% off your first purchase. Joining me now is Andy Kahn. How's it going, AK? Hey, Nate. I'm doing good, thanks. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to hear your Art of the Sit-In interview with Sierra Hull. For, for those who might be unfamiliar, the Art of the Sit-In is when we talk to musicians about their experiences collaborating with other musicians. And you had plenty to talk to Sierra Hull about at High Sierra. I certainly did. Sierra was an artist at large at this year's festival, and it seemed like she was everywhere all weekend long. She truly embraced the role and sat in with everyone from Eggy to the Del McCurry band. I mean, it got to the point where it seemed strange when she didn't sit in during a set I was watching. And that's in addition to playing solo sets with her band, right? Yeah, not only was Sierra an artist at large, but she also played two terrific sets with her band. And she participated in a songwriter's workshop one of the days as well. I know her band had travel issues getting to High Sierra, and some of their gear and crew never made it. But you'd never know from watching them on stage. And between the set I caught at Blue Ox and the two sets I saw at High Sierra, I was blown away by Sierra Hull and her top-notch band. They kept the set list fresh with originals, including some new songs, and some choice covers like an awesome arrangement of Collective Soul's Shine. They always looked like they were having a lot of fun up there together, too. Sierra has surrounded herself with a really impressive band and a support team to boot. I was really impressed with them all around. Uh, so, so you mentioned Eggy and uh, the Del McCurry band. Uh, who else did Sierra sit in with at High Sierra this year? Let's see. That I know of, you've got Eggy and Del, plus the infamous String Dusters, Corey Wong, Neil Francis, Steve Poltz, John Craigie, and Katie Pruitt. And that's just what I know of. Oh yeah, Sierra also dropped by the play shop celebrating the Grateful Dead's album Wake of the Flood to sit in on Eyes of the World. Quite a busy high Sierra for Sierra. I felt honored to be part of Sierra's busy schedule, and I was so grateful to get to talk to her in the middle of so many collaborations. It was like she was sitting in on the Jam Bass podcast between sitting in with the other outstanding musicians. Big thanks to Sierra's team, especially Carrie, for making this happen. Yes, indeed. Well, all right then. Let's get to your Art of the Sit-In interview with Sierra Hall. You know, since we were backstage at High Sierra, you'll hear some festival sounds in the background. And a few minutes after our chat, Sierra was on stage sitting in with Corey Wong, so you'll also hear that coming through in the background. But it's a bit of Sierra Hall's sit-in with the Del McCurry Band at High Sierra that will lead into the Art of the Sit-In interview.
I am here backstage at the High Sierra Music Festival, Sierra Hole, High Sierra. Hi. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to say yeah, that. Yeah, you've been waiting. I love it. No, it's great. <laughs> um, and, and you may hear in the background Corey Wong yep. playing on the main stage. Um, and we're going to talk the art of the sit-in, which is perfect for <laughs> where we're at right now, considering what you've been doing. You're the artist at large for the yeah, festival. Yeah, totally. And you have been sitting in pretty much nonstop since you got here, right? <laughs> it's the name of the game, right? Yeah. You know, if you if you uh, agree to artist at large, well, indeed, you will have a large time and it will be a busy time, but it's fun. So it's, have, have you done an artist at large before at a festival? I've done it a time or two. Like uh, Dell Fest was probably yeah, one of the okay. first festivals, which is kind of a partner festival with, yep. with the High Sierra yep. team. And mm -hmm. this was several years back, but it was really fun. I think I played like, you know, 20 sit-ins over the yeah. weekend or something well so you're halfway we're, there we're on right track now yeah, this you time are. as well yeah i was i was telling you too uh, it, i've i've only gotten to see you sit in one time so far i was with the uh, the string dusters yesterday yeah yeah but like i you've been sitting in minutes after i leave <laughs> a band like i've uh, yesterday eggy i saw them i wanted to go catch sg goodman so i left and a minute later you were on stage <laughs> with eggy john craigie this morning or this early today earlier um I'm hoping I get to see you some more. <laughs> I'm going to see you, I think, with Corey. You were just that, checking yeah, with him. Yeah, here, here shortly. I'll you're, be jumping on stage with those guys. collaborators. Yeah. So what made you want to be an artist at large for this fest? Well, you know, it, they, it was the festival's idea. Okay. They, 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 they wanted to have the band come play. So my band is here. We played our own set today, and we play barely. again tomorrow. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they barely made it. <laughs> thanks, thanks, airlines. But um, thankfully they did. Um, but yeah, they just said, well, we'd love to have your band play, you know, Friday, Saturday, but would you want to come be the artist at large as well and just sit in with people? And, you know, it's rare, I think, during festival season, we're popping around from one festival to another. Oftentimes Six you're just there. Ago, I saw you in yeah, Wisconsin. We were at Blue, Blue Ox together yeah, and, yeah. you know, you're just in for a day and then you're out and, mm -hmm. and half the time flying cross country from one festival to the next. And so when you can actually kind of come and settle in for... Yeah for a minute at that's a festival cool, it's right? cool and it's kind of rare so i think for me that's a fun experience and also just i love collaboration so it's yeah. really fun on a festival like this that has such an eclectic lineup they've got you know like i sat in with katie pruitt yesterday yeah. also and like like you know you mentioned john craigie like people who they're they're song-based artists that right. you know just have these great songs and and i love that kind of music so much but then i also love getting to play my instrument and jam out with people and so yeah. you know getting to sit in with the string dusters my buddies last night mm -hmm. or or Corey, and do some of that kind of um stuff is is also really fun sure sure uh so let's talk about some of the ones that you've done so far um like, like i kind of want to walk through how it happens let's take eggy you sat in with eggy yesterday you did a Punch Brothers cover, right? We did, yeah. Um, so very unrehearsed, but we did. So it was I was going to ask, was it rehearsed? <laughs> um, well, so that's the thing with the sit-ins on a festival like this. Nine times out of ten, no rehearsal. It's mm -hmm. like sometimes you kind of know what you're going to do, and sometimes you might not. Now, you yeah. know, um, Eggy, I had met at a festival like a month or so ago at Summer Camp Festival. Oh, yeah, I was at and oh, you were there too. Oh, well, so. Um, they were at that festival. My agent, Josh, uh, my booking agent, is also their booking gotcha. agent. Okay. And so we kind of got introduced. And so they they apparently are, are mandolin fans. And, you know, well, obviously by the Punch Brothers cover they chose to do or yeah. have me up on. And, and like, I guess had been checking out my record, which I really appreciated. And so we, like, had this nice chat. And we're like, oh, it'd be fun to play together sometime. And then 
you know, fast forward, it's like, oh, we kind of realized we're all in this festival together. And so they reached out and said, would you sit in? And So then um, how did the Punch Brothers song get picked? Well, do they already play that or I think, yeah, they already, they already covered the song. Like I, funny enough, of course I'm a Punch Brothers fan Uh and Chris has been one of my biggest heroes and and friends, you know, for a long time. So I love that music and other music, but had actually never played the song until we got on stage to try to do it. But, um, but no, they, uh, they just threw a few things out there and was just kind of like, you know, we could do A, B, and C, uh-huh. or like, how cool would it be if you would join us on this Punch Brothers song? Sure. And so I was like, whatever you guys want, I'm I'm down to to give it a try. So well, that's one thing I was going to ask too is like, how well do you have to know the song? How 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 personal like much personal rehearsal do you then have to do? Well, it's interesting. Like you know, occasionally if it's something you know, that has a real specific part or real specific thing. Like, Mm -hmm. like it's great if you can have time to prep, but usually not, not very much. A lot of it is really like, and I think that's part of where the fun and magic comes because it's very much like, you know, trusting your skills in the moment to be able to like keep your ears open and kind of, you know, roll with the punches in the moment. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and like, I don't know, I think festivals like this, a lot of artists are, more in the improvised kind of space, you know, where, where that's a big part of what a lot of these bands do anyway. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's fun. And then it can be kind of cool. Like, you know, like sitting in with Katie yesterday, Katie Pruitt, who is awesome. awesome, And I'm a fan and she, she, well, she sang, um, she sang on a song with me, a duet on my 25 trips album. Um, she's, if anybody's ever heard the song, everybody's talking, that's her singing the harmony part on there. So it's just, myself playing guitar and singing and she's the other voice uh-huh. and so like we've kind of known each other and, and been around but hadn't ever performed live together so that was kind of fun getting to pop up with her but like she had a brand new song that she had recently written and uh-huh. like sent me youtube to listen to but oh, we wow. didn't we didn't play it until okay. we got up there but it's like you know when it's a song based thing i think because you know i grew up in such a the space of bluegrass music which is yes. all about kind of being in the moment on the soloing mm-hmm. side yes. of things. There's yes. very much a structure a lot of times and not as long of solos, usually right. extended solos, like mm-hmm. there kind of is in more the the, the jam world or the bluegrass. Where, yeah, it's yeah. usually like more form Almost like based, but it's yeah. totally, but it's still very improvised, you right. know? So you, you learn to improvise as uh-huh. a musician. So I think like when it comes to just sort of straight ahead vocal songs that at least have some kind of simplistic structure you know like like you kind of learn to develop the instinct to know where it's going or to at yes. least make good educated guesses mm-hmm. and so so that's fun to kind of have that and then a lot of times with these kind of more jam settings there's it's kind of like hey we're going to give you one chord and you kind of just solo to you're done and then we'll try to make it dynamic and you try to take it on a journey but it's it's sort of more open-ended but a lot of times over one chord so if you're playing something like um in the key of whatever A, uh-huh. you know, there might just be a section that opens up and it's totally reliant on the moment and the dynamics and the musicians and how everybody's like what you're putting out there, what the musicians around you are choosing to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to like usually build to some kind of crescendo, usually. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so there is sort of like a common vocabulary, particularly like when you're playing with other bluegrass musicians. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So like when when you're with the string dusters last night, I noticed like um Andy Hall kind of looked over and gave you a look and like it, everybody kind of stood back then and he took his solo. Like yeah. there's kind of that stuff, right? There, that's common, 
It is. I think I think one of the skills you learn as a musician, which I think is important when you're really trying to grow your skills as a musician, is there's sort of that unspoken language where you kind of learn to like read someone's eyes almost, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. to where like you can you can understand from the slightest nod what somebody is communicating like like you next, like yeah. here's your solo or kind of like. I'm going to go next or, mm -hmm. you know, and it's these subtle things that the crowd might not even really see. So it can yeah. sometimes come off like, wow, how did they do that? Know, how did they rehearse that? And it's kind of a special thing in that way, but there is sort of some, some kind of like low key communication that's happening visually a lot of times too. Yeah. And, and again, I think just sometimes if you've, you know, played music long enough and, and been lucky enough to do it in a lot of different situations, you do start to like kind of go cool we're sort of building to this place and you can kind of anticipate where the build's going to stop, like yeah. where you're climbing to and, mm -hmm. and the musicians the all, will they get all to feel and that at the same the time, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. without really having to be like one, two, three, you know, you don't even have to count it a lot uh, of times because it's just a, it's just a, a felt kind of thing. Yeah. You're all on the same. Everybody's ride. on the same page, yeah, you know, absolutely. in the best of situations, yeah. you know, occasionally it doesn't always work that way, but a lot of times it does. And it's, it's a, a fun kind of magical moment. it up for Sierra Hall on the mandolin. I want to also ask about sort of the, the technical aspect. So, you know, you're carrying around your mandolin from stage to stage. I think you've played probably almost every stage here so far, right? Close. You're, so right? far, just about. There's like, and there's like seven stages. Like, let's not undersell that. Like, you've been everywhere. But besides your mandolin, like, what do you need to get on stage? Well, so the difficulty I will say about sitting in in certain situations and especially without like really getting to do a proper sound check mm -hmm. or, you know, most of the time the bands are using wedges. Like when I work with Corey, sometimes we're on in-ears. So like I'll have in-ears with him when I go up here in a bit and, okay. and sit in with him. And that's, or, or like the dusters, like I've sat in with those guys a lot. So yeah. it was kind of funny. They had a monitor engineer with them yesterday that I hadn't seen with them before. And so he goes did you just play with these guys like recently? And I guess we had a festival together just like a couple months back or uh -huh. somewhere we were, we were together and I sat in with them and, and, uh, he was Still like, the tape on there. Well, well there, he goes, you've got a mix saved in here that says Sierra. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So I was like, I was like, Oh good. I've, Dial got, it up. I've got the official. So he goes, it should be pretty close to nice. the last time you sat in. And so that's nice when you can actually have in ears and kind of have something. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of similar with Corey. Cause we've, we've collaborated a lot yeah, together. So, definitely. so like, you know, miles, his sound engineers texting me in advance, like, Hey, we're going to yeah. have, you know, this A, B and C, do you uh -huh. want to pop up and check? And that kind of thing. But a lot of times it's very throw and go and mandolin. Like I've learned a lot through 
doing this collaboration with Corey about like, you know, trying to figure out what the best setup is with the instrument because, you know, the mandolin as much as as much as it wants to like hang out and be in all these loud settings, it's not really an instrument that I mean, it's yeah. very dynamic, but but it's a, del- but it a, a, but it's a delicacy yeah. there's a delicacy to it and there's sort of a threshold that you kind of yeah. reach quickly that it's never going to it's mm-hmm. never going to be louder than that horn section out there right. or Corey's yeah. electric guitar, yep. you know, yep. and you've got like keys on stage through an amp. You've got the bass through an amp. You've mm-hmm. got guitar through an amp. The, you know, five, six piece horn sometimes is like, you know, it's, it's, and Pitar's a loud drummer. It's like, yeah. it's a loud stage. And so like, I've almost kind of learned it's, it's funny, but through some experiences of sitting in with people like this, you learn how to kind of play a little bit by feel. Okay. Even when you can't always hear every nuance of everything you're doing, you know, it's, mm. it's very different to hop on stage at a festival and kind of hard, honestly, sometimes with playing imagine. like the instrument yeah. I play. Whereas like the last tour that I guested with tour, uh, Corey and, and the band, um, I had my electric mandolin as well. And oh, so okay. like there was a couple of things that we would do, you know, from night to night where I would play electric and I just thought. Oh yeah, this is a lot easier because you can just kind of <laughs> crank it up. This is a knob. <laughs> you turn. can just kind of be like, "Oh, yeah. this is what it feels like to really hear everything." Yeah. But, but no. Uh, so it's it's a delicate balance. Like sometimes, you know, in an ideal setting with a really loud band like that, I might even like go through an amp or something. Uh-huh. But but like here, you know, flew out here and I've got my di with me i just packed a, a little lr bags di that's yeah. got a little boost on there and yeah i was gonna say know, so do you have, you have pedals then too, so, no, no i no i don't have any pedals i literally just brought the di and um wow. and you know and i'm using a lot of times like obviously you know the story that my sound engineer didn't make it out here yes. this weekend my yes. band almost didn't because of yes. a bunch of canceled flights and so we didn't have any of our gear that we normally have but my sound engineer normally keeps my sort of rig that I'll use during okay. our set, which is a Grace, um, Grace Audio uh-huh. um, a preamp. And like, you know, I'll, I'll do a blend of DI and microphone. But like with the kind of show that we're normally playing, it's not a real loud stage. We do have drums, but, you know, it's like yeah. acoustic instruments. Sure. And so so in that case, uh, you know, every time give me the mic. I've got a little clip on mic. Mm-hmm. I've been using a Neumann, little clip on Neumann recently. And like, you know, it's you're you're never gonna have the instrument sound better than that. Yeah. You know, when Definitely. when you can have that kind of controlled mic sound, but it's just not possible on certain stages with certain setups. So you just have to plug in and try to crank it loud, and you know, you lose some of the nuances of the tone. I think yeah. of uh, you know of the instrument, but but it's you know it's it's the way to get in there and play with people and have fun. So it's a pretty good trade off. Yeah, definitely. You know. Now, have you had situations then when you've gotten on stage for a sit-in and shit's gone sideways? Like like song-wise, arrangement-wise like or something? You, just it didn't work. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? Like where for whatever like for the technical reasons that we just talked about, for not knowing the song or for whatever reason, have you ever been up there and been like, uh, this isn't working? I don't know. Usually it all kind of, it kind of pans out. Like I just sat in funny enough with Corey a couple of weeks ago at Bonnaroo uh-huh. and I sat in with the fearless flowers. Do you know that, oh, that sure. side project? Yes. Of his? Nate Smith. Oh gosh. I know that dude. He's <laughs> like, a bad man. That's he's awesome. Best drummer alive. He's so good. Yeah. That, well, that was the first time getting to play with him too. And uh, just yeah. like sick, but it was really funny. Cause again, 
not really, uh, we, we did a little rehearsal in Nashville, but those guys weren't there. It's just kind of like getting a couple things dialed in. And, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> I didn't realize they did a song before me and they were up on this really high risers. Okay. So like Nate comes out and he's like, you know, kind of doing his thing for a while. And then Joe comes out and like, you know, Corey, yeah. the guys are like, they're, they're All up styled. on this like yeah, yeah. 10 foot riser. <laughs> and I'm thinking, are, are they going to come? are they staying up there? You know, cause it's just going to be just me jamming with them. And so I go out there and like, I'm like, Nope, I'm going to be down front, like oh, front wow. and center. And they're on this riser behind me. Like, so it was kind of funny. It was cause I didn't know that was the the thing. And we didn't really think that part through. And Corey goes, yeah, I didn't think that through. We should have had you up there with us. But like, it was hilarious because I'm like down here, short girl anyway, <laughs> with my little tiny mandolin kind of going <laughs> like playing up to the heavens, you know, of the fearless flyers. Like, hey, dude. But in the process of kind of like turning around and like playing with them, I like unplugged my cable oh, shit. Uh, near the beginning of the, the song, you know. Uh-huh. And so I've definitely had that happen. Yeah. Like stuff like that, where it was just kind of funny. And I, I mean, like just stepped on it and just went bing. and then I kind of quickly did like a little nonchalant scoop and like right back in, you know, nice. and I don't think half the people even noticed it. Like Corey was like, oh, I didn't even know that happened. Oh, cool. But some guys, one of the, the tech guys said that he was out front and he goes, yeah, I mean, I saw you, when you stepped on the cable, the, how quickly you put it back in. That was sick. And I was like, was it? Because I was like, this was lame. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's just like that happens you and you just go, cool. well, here we go. We're just going to plug her back in. <laughs> so, you know, stuff yeah. happens. And, and, you know, like. Now, we've mostly been talking about sitting in and playing mandolin. But what about, what about when it comes to singing? Um, is that uh, what's the dynamic for you there when you're asked to also sing? Yeah, I mean, in a bluegrass kind of setting, if uh-huh. it's kind of like, hey, do you want to hop up and, you know, do this standard tune, sing tenor on it or something, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, all day long, you could kind of yeah. jam those kind of things and not really need to rehearse that well, kind of stuff. Well, that's also like how you you learn to be a bluegrass musician. Totally. Right? Absolutely. It's just such a part of it to learn mm-hmm. to sing harmonies and like that kind of thing. And so I love getting to do that. That, that kind of a sit-in is generally pretty easy, but if it's something where you know, you really want to kind of work something up with somebody, which I, I love that when yeah. you can really kind of get in the weeds or figure out some kind of cool, uh-huh. um, cool thing. Like I, um, like Billy Strings came out and sit, sat in with me at my show in Nashville, at like yeah, yep, at yep, the yep, Ryman, like two weeks ago. And like, you know, we worked up this duet, uh, yeah. this Doc and Bill duet. And uh-huh. it's like, we, we both know the song so and love that song. tell me about working song. that up. Like, what's that process? Like, well, so I actually, we were texting about what we might want to do and that uh-huh. kind of a thing. And then I actually just went over to Billy's house and we we kind of like but but we we just kind of worked on some stuff but but something like that we the song we were doing what does the deep sea say is off this kind of legendary doc watson and bill monroe live album where they're just at this festival together and the audio happened to be captured and it's like one of the greatest things you'll ever hear it's Mm -hmm. just the two of them you know in and really kind of an unrehearsed setting yeah Loose. You know, like like yeah. they they even say on there, oh, we don't get to rehearse much. There's always somebody trying to pick a banjo, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, but it just sounds like, you know, pure gold just hearing them sing. But we've both loved that record so much that, uh-huh. that it was kind of like, okay, you know, what do we... So we, we started out being like, okay, if you sing Doc's part and I sing Bill's part, but then we realized like, oh, if we do it in the key, they do it in, which is in C it's really too low for my voice being a female. Like I just, you know, it's like they're singing it in a lower key to where it didn't really fit. But then we were, then we realized, okay, 
we could actually still keep it in that same key, which we could have moved the key. That's no, that's yeah. no big deal. But, but we decided, well, what happens if I sing the lead and we switch parts? And, and you know, sometimes it's just something as simple as that, where yeah. you're kind of like, well, if you sing the lead, you know, I'll sing the part above, or if I sing the lead, you know, he'll sing the part below. Uh-huh. And so depending on how you, you go about that. And so then we did that and then suddenly it worked. So then it was more like us just sitting there listening to Doc and Bill being like, wait, no, who's, who's let, that? Yeah, yeah. Like that, what's happening here? What's no, happening here? Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. I was like, yeah, I said, <laughs> I'll, uh, I said, I'll sing Doc's parts, but and play Bill's parts and you can play Doc's parts and sing Bill's parts. <laughs> well, it probably makes more sense for Billy to sing Bill, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Billy on Bill. some shows with uh Bela Fleck and mm-hmm. he was also at your Ryman show this is why I'm thinking right about. right yeah so what was what's what's it like when you get to play with him you know just the best Bela has been like such an inspiration to me over the years yeah. I got to make a record called Weighted Mind that he produced back yeah. in 2016 and that was really like we knew each other a little bit like mm-hmm. I had sort of played with him sitting in at a festival like a time or two but we yeah. we didn't really know each other know mm-hmm. each other I wasn't like calling him up like what's up Bela you know and when I got the chance to work on that record with him it was it was really a special experience because I feel like he kind of encouraged me to strip away a lot of the the things um, that I was doing at the time by, you know, like playing in a full band setting, which Mm -hmm. is great. And obviously I've got my band here today and it's it's so fun, but it's, it was a good thing for me to lean into trying to make a record that was kind of built around my voice and my instrument and trying to interweave those things in a way that could be unique, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I really kind of was able to sort of step into my singer songwriter hat a little bit more and try to challenge myself to, to support that in an interesting way. Cause sometimes when you have a band, you're leaving space for the band to do all these different things, you know? So that was amazing. And just a really like encouraging and an inspirational time to get to work on that record. But that's all like, that's not making music together per se. He played on a little bit. That's more Mm -hmm. like him, you know, working with me on my music. And so then fast forward, having the opportunity to now work with him as part of his My Bluegrass Heart project mm-hmm. and go on the road and really dive into his music. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of experience, but fun because we've worked together so closely on my record and then him sitting in with me at festivals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then on the flip side, to, to now get to kind of step into this other world as like collaborators appear. and appear a, a in a yeah. different kind of way. It's, it's, it's really fun and inspiring. And yeah, I mean, I just, I'm... I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to make music with him. He's 
one of the hardest working people I know. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's, you know, desire for excellence and he's always working on something. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, you know, he's like in his sixties now yeah. and, and still has the same passion of a lot of people in their twenties. And it's just like, it's a cool thing to be around yeah. and be like, wow, you know, we can all only aspire to like have that kind of drive for lack of uh, better puns there. I, you I, you, I, you I know get, what I'm I talking get, about. I, get, I know. I know you. Nice. I love yeah. puns. There's yes. puns all over High Sierra. All the signs up. I was telling my wife, I was like, I love puns and these signs They're are rocking. just everywhere. But uh, yeah, no, so I, it's great. It's great to get to be a part of that. And I always feel like I, I mean, in the, the band with Vela that's out on the road with Michael Cleveland and Brian Sutton, Mark Schatz, my, my husband, God. Justin, it's like Justin Moses. It's, it's, you know, I always walk, I always walk away feeling like, man, this is a special project that I'm like, how I'm lucky to yeah. get to be yeah. standing up here with all these people, you know, and, and, and feel like I can become a better musician by being around people that are so excellent like yeah. that. It's awesome. You guys are coming to Minneapolis in a couple of weeks. To, we to are. Dakota, That's true. So be careful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Can't wait. You know, at, at Blue Ox, I saw you, you covered Stomping Grounds, the, the Flectons tune, which was amazing. And I was like, oh, wow, it doesn't need a banjo, um, which was like, I'd never heard that song played without a banjo. I know. Thing, you know, it was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. It's um, a testament to what a good tune it is, really. No doubt. No you doubt. know what I mean? Like, For you can sure. always like, kind of judge a song on how good it sounds. Yeah completely removed from its original thing and the thing that's so cool about like those early flectones tunes too is they're so obviously flectones tunes they're yeah. so of that era of that band that yeah. it's like and they were they were performing on such a high level yeah that like they had to write songs that were of the same quality of their musicianship yeah totally you know? totally um really special band You also played a couple of new songs, right? Yeah. So, and I, I believe you mentioned you're working on a new record. I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting close to getting it done. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so where are you at with it? Well, so last year was just an insanely busy year for me. Mm -hmm. I started working on this, what feels like forever ago now. Okay. I mean, my last record came out in 2020, yeah. like right at the beginning That's of the like world, like a, a week in, before in, the world shut down. And yeah. yeah, it's like, so it's been a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like I've just been sitting around twiddling my thumbs, you know, I've yeah. been, I've been, oh, no. No, I've been no. out playing yeah. and doing stuff, but, but really, you know, taking time to work on music and finish a record. I did, that's what it takes time. No doubt. And so this year, you know, it's funny. I say I'm, I'm busier than I mean to be right now in a way. It's like, I kind of go, is this me slowing down? Cause, cause I, I'm sort of trying a little bit to take a step back this year and we're doing festivals and doing some stuff and it, it's great. And I, I love it, but also trying to make sure that I'm, you know, leaving some time in my schedule to, to get things done. So yeah. I've kind of got a window of time right after we get back from the Bela tour. That's sort of like my, my personal deadline for yeah. getting everything done. So, which I think is, is possible. So where have you been recording it? So we've recorded at a few different spots. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of went into this kind of producing myself um, this time around just because cool. a lot of it is uh, music that I've been working on with my band. Yeah. And and that's a little bit of different territory for me because so often I've made records with a lot of guests and amazing musicians. And it's like, cool, might bring in Brian Sutton or might bring in a Stuart Duncan or somebody yeah. like that. Well, but you can. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, well, seriously, it's like, and, and how could you not want to? Because yeah. they're like the greatest on earth. But but being able to to really go out and as I've written music, kind of craft and shape the music with the people and around the people that I'm actually playing with, it feels a little bit more like some of this music that I'm recording this time was more even like thought about how this might feel playing it live. And well, yeah, I, and I, I've, I've never really quite made a record like that before. There's still some, listen, I'm a sucker for your singer songwriter ballad. I love sure. it. Sad music will forever be. I go there, man. I just love it. Shout out to sad bastards. I, well, I know. And as much as I love to jam and, you know, yeah. Get, get the shred on or whatever and it's you like can. well well thank you but yes. and I, I love that and that's a part of you know i know that's primarily like if somebody thinks you're a hole i know that's kind of the yeah. thing people think of first but like the truth is is like me as an artist i just i love good songs and i love writing and i love singing and i love trying to make the instrumental part of that feel connected to that side of of the thing Birds are singing right outside my door Songs I never heard them singing before I'm loving only you and the things you do Let's go walking for a mile or two Give me a mess so I can find my shoes I think I'm beginning to come out of my I saw, especially in those two new new tunes you played at Blue Ox, was like your full musicianship, your your voice, your songwriting, your mandolin playing, like all packaged in this very um, inviting and um, beautiful package. Thank you. But it's definitely singular and special, and it it showcased like what sets you apart and what your talents are. Thank you. I mean, I feel like I've tried. Sometimes I, I'm. I think about that a little bit when I'm making music. And I think like, you know, some of that does go back to making that record with Balo where, you know, somebody like him said, what would happen if you just kind of stripped away yeah. all of the other things that can kind of cover you up right. sometimes mm -hmm. and, and make a record like we love this record. I mean, I feel like anybody that grew up in my world, um, that's a Tony Ross fan loves the album church street blues and like that'll forever be one of my favorite projects you know desert island kind of albums and and i remember bayla saying like you know that record is literally just tony and a guitar like what if you made a record that was kind of like that and the, the mandolin isn't always the instrument that you sort of see in that setting Definitely. where where it has that kind of role combined that with prominent. the with with the vocal yeah, yeah. you know and sure. so oh, sure, I, sure. so i think like through making that way to mind record with just kind of taking away all the elements and, mm -hmm. and really kind of starting in more solo, we ended up adding a great basis to that record, but like, you know, kind of starting there. Yes. Um, 
I don't know, gave me some perspective of like making sure that like as much as I love being an ensemble player that I'm still like trying to leave room to do the thing that I also do within my songs yes. and and making sure that I'm trying to like find ways to really showcase the musicians that are with me and that we all can have our role, but that I'm not just completely like covering up the thing that I do as yeah. well, because I do think that's, you know, that's part of who as musicians, you have to go, what is the thing that makes me me and, and make sure that, you know, you kind of try to somewhat put that into focus. And so I think now as I've moved back into a full band setting, I'm coming at it from the perspective of having stripped everything away yeah. with a, a little, at least I feel like a, a little bit better knowledge of how to do that. And uh -huh. then, and then add things in that complement and, and can shine in right. their own way right. yeah. in, in finding that space. And think, so that's I, something I'm, I'm working on. Well, a lot I think of times. that's what I heard. I think it was maybe trying to say was that like all that stuff was amplified in those songs. Like, Thank that's you. That's what I could see. Well, that means that, a lot. Like, you know, like that you were honing in on, on that sort of that part of what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I feel very lucky to be uh, on this list amongst all these other people that you're sitting in this weekend like, oh man I'm, well, the, I'm I'm counting this as a sit-in hey with, this with is, the we, are, we are sitting this is a, yeah we're sitting <laughs> we're thankfully sitting. yeah uh, and, it's great uh, but uh thank you so much um best of luck thank you well thank you guys the for weekend. the support as always yeah, and definitely. yeah it uh, means a lot you, you gotta know? get on stage with Corey Wong now we're, we're gonna do it awesome I'm gonna check it out <laughs> awesome thanks Sierra thanks a lot bye Sierra bye <laughs> <laughs> the end of this episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. Thanks to Sierra Hull for taking the time out of her busy High Sierra schedule to chat with me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks to our sponsors, Section 119. Thanks to Jake Alexander for helping produce the episode. We'll be back next week. So in the meantime, make every second count and go see live music.